Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Hello, and welcome back to another interview in the Sovereign Self series, where we weave spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. I am your host, Sophia Renea Morales, and I'm so happy that you're here with us this week. And I am blessed and honored to have a wonderful guest with me this week, Mara Stevens. She was raised in Virginia. And she has always been very aware of other people's energies, whether it's a human or a rock or an animal. Her spiritual journey began as a child, and one of her clearest memories is of playing in the forest, talking with the trees, and seeing the elemental beings flitting amongst them. In the 1980s, she was given a book about crystal healing and immediately knew that this was work she'd done before and would resume in this life. She studied everything she could find from Edgar Cayce to past life regression, uh, all of the world's religions and spiritual teachings she could find, several forms of shamanism, including Huna, and she became certified in craniosacral therapy and flower essence therapy. Her healing practices thrived, and she teaches classes in psychic awareness, ceremony, in gemstone healing, and Reiki. She's currently located in Hawaii. She loves her work and feels blessed, privileged, and honored to be a facilitator of these ancient and sacred ways of the divine. Welcome, Mara. I'm so happy to have you with us. Thank you, Sophia. Aloha. It's great to be here with you. So tell us a little bit about how you progressed through this journey. You've been a lot of different places, I know, when we chatted before the the interview. So tell us a little bit about how you gradually came into this work that you now do. Uh, I think gradual is definitely the word. <laughs> um, many, many chapters, many, many phases and layers. As you said, starting as a child, nature, number one teacher, just really feeling uh, a deep love, awareness, appreciation, awe, and wonder for how nature works and communicates with us and that we are really connected and one with nature. So that's probably number one. Um, Being raised uh, the oldest of six kids, so had a lot of responsibility, really raised to be a mother, you know, the mothering energy is a big part of uh, my astrology makeup and also my upbringing. So kind of caregiving, I guess, caring about (laughs) uh, those, those in need or those in pain. Um, has always been sort of part of my early childhood training, and also just a psychic sense awareness, not always pleasant, of just the suffering um, of the world due to unconsciousness, uh, what I call forgetfulness of our true nature and our oneness with everyone. Yeah, so I started I, off as the compassionate, sort of the they call it the the, the wounded healer, I guess, or the uh, walking through the walking through the earth field with a broken heart. So that it opens you up. It opens you up to care so much about others. It does. And I I know a lot of empaths. It's sort of almost self-defense. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yes. Like, oh, please just take an aspirin <laughs> for your headache or let me channel some energy or something because you're killing me over here. <laughs> yeah. And I was definitely told I'm too sensitive. I'm too sensitive over and over. So then maybe like other empaths, I uh, learn to kind of shut it down or try to ignore it. That didn't work. 
um, for very long. It's just, um, just too many gifts involved that I was I was here to use and share. Yeah. So I started in my adult life with Reiki as far as official training. Mm-hmm. Um, very drawn to, to Reiki, and that was kind of what everyone was getting trained in. I was on the Big Island at the time, and actually Reiki was brought here from Japan by Mrs. Takata, who was the very first Reiki-trained American. Um, and she brought it from Japan, from Dr. Usui to Kohala, which is the north side of the Big Island. I live very near there now. And so I got my, I was really lucky and blessed, like all my teachers, direct lineage, direct line through Mrs. Takata to Usui. So I started with that. And the stones have always been a part of my life. My mother was a rock lover, my grandmother. We always had stones we collected from all our travels. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I got into gemstones and they pretty much took over. <laughs> well, let me ask you a little bit about your, your childhood and your background. Um, was your family generally pretty dialed in and pretty intuitive or were they more of, we, we'd really like you to go down this conventional path? Kind of a combination of both. I think in a way I was, again, really blessed because I didn't have any orthodox religions shoved down my throat like a lot of people did. Um, the only kind of guilt-shame aspects I had was, you know, normal stuff like you're the oldest, it's all up to you to take care of everyone. And um, I didn't, I really wasn't pushed hard to go down a conventional path. My father, of course, believed in college. And I remember him saying to me, well, what are you going to be? He goes, I'll support you going to college unless you're going to be something like a basket weaver. And so later, many minutes. <laughs> so she went into energy. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried. I majored in psychology and minored in music. I loved sound. I loved music. I played piano. I still love to sing and drum. And now it kind of segued into ceremony. Absolutely. Um, I think he was always a little worried about me, uh, kind of out there and and sensitive, but he was a very compassionate, loving human being, like a, a Buddha, really. And we had great talks. And he, I think, had his own inner connection to the divine. So I skipped that whole religious influence, which was helpful. My mom believed in fairies and angels and all of that, but she was very practical as well and trying to fit in, you know, to the world. So it was discouraged for me to be too out there. So I went to two years of college, psychology major, and I saw right away that there was too many boxes involved, mm. too much labeling involved. <laughs> there are a lot of boxes in psychology. That's why they have that DSM-4. <laughs> yes. So I've come back around now to uh, getting my degree in holistic psychology. And of course, there's a lot of goodness and many years later, I recognized after studying shamanism that they're segueing. Now Western psychology is recognizing the, the uh, common ground with shamanism. Oh, that's beautiful. But as a child, it was really all about nature, really all about nature. And they took us camping a lot. So we had a lot of opportunity to be with nature. And that's how I was really taught mm. from the early days. Lovely. And cried a lot and got in trouble for that. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about how this uh, book arrived in your life and what kind of... Oh, yes. So I was out in Pune on the east side of the Big Island, uh, living with no electricity, no running water. So it was back to nature, definitely pioneering in the jungle. And I That's had... to serious pioneering. It, <laughs> it's a, it was a training that I don't recommend for everyone. 
Uh, it taught me a lot. Um, my kids were both, well, my son was in diapers in 1986. He was born and my daughter was four years older than that. And we li really literally lived out in the boons with no phones. This is before cell phones were really used. And um, I met some really cool ladies in the neighborhood. And one of them was really into doing sweat lodges. And we were both kind of at the beginning of our path and had kids out in the middle of nowhere. And she was going out to this wonderful store about 20 minutes north of Hilo, about an hour from where we lived, called the Crystal Grotto, which is now called Sweet Wind here in Waimea. And that's my friend Wendy's shop. Mm -hmm. And it was a metaphysical crystals and bookstore, mainly crystals and gemstones. She had an upstairs meditation room. So we, uh, she, my friend was going out there a lot. And one day she brings me this book by Katrina Raphael, who's actually still very well known. I believe she might be in New York now. For many, many years, she was in um, New Mexico. And she wrote a book called Crystal Enlightenment, which is still on the shelves. And on the back of the book was a picture of a gentleman laying there with gemstones on his body. Um, and out of my mouth comes this voice, oh, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm looking around like, who said that? Who said that? Yes. <laughs> really oh, didn't have any <laughs> conscious awareness of it coming from me. So that was my first hint, like, oh, something's going on here. Later, Katrina wrote another book, uh, Crystal Healing, which goes more into depth about the, the ancient art of laying gemstones on the body for healing, which goes way, way back. Many, many cultures used crystals for many things, which I discovered later. So I it was really literally a calling. And I started going with my friend out to this store much to the chagrin of both of our husbands at the time. <laughs> We're now both exes. And uh, I was just, I can't even describe it. It was like this huge door opened and I was buying stones that called to me and we got into it. And I was bringing them home and, and really experimenting on my kids. Stones <laughs> yeah, well, call loudly. I know I have a terrible time going into gem stores and gem shows and this kind of thing because I will come out with an empty wallet yes, <laughs> and a great many new friends. That's true. And I think there's a difference between just lusting after their prettiness and actually like what you've described where they, they speak to you and yes. they want to come with you. And so that's how I learned, really. It wasn't by the book. I, I did study Katrina's work, and I actually did get the, the honor of working with her in Maui many years later. She lived in Kauai for many years. Oh, nice. Where she took a big earthkeeper crystal and donated it to a, an Indian ashram-type retreat place over there. She's a lovely person, by the way. And um, so I did, I did get inspired by her gemstone layouts and her description of how energy works. Before that, though, I had already been, like you said earlier, studying a lot of energy healing and Edgar Casey, and I, I was pretty aware that we we come and go from this earth a lot, and we, we bring maybe gifts from other times we've been here and other civilizations that were here. So I just started laying gemstones on my own self, uh, my my children, my friends. We would do exchanges. I read voraciously, and before I knew it, I had some people coming out to the house to have gemstone layouts, another uh, source of contention for my marriage at the time because he was determined to live as a hermit. So <laughs> now you've got like this steady flow of clients. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> so I eventually ended up moving into Hilo where I opened my own very small, short, you know, small beginning 
gemstone and crystal healing with Reiki practice. And my kids were, st again, still very young. So that was the kind of the beginning of the professional aspect. Isn't that wonderful? I love when this ancient wisdom just comes forward. Yes. Our yes. soul just brings it in and it's like, this is what you need to do. And you don't know yes. it in your head, but you know it right there in the moment and you just do it and it's your heart. the perfect thing. Yes. And I really encourage everyone to follow that, follow their intuition, including working with stones, because there's a lot of books now written about stones. And during the 80s, when I was having my practice in Hilo, my same friend, Wendy, moved her shop to Hilo. And so then I got to work in her shop and do my practice, which was another blessing. And through the and it was a, a big thing then. And then it kind of went underground for a while and now is enjoying a renaissance resurgence of appreciation yes. and that's there a are good 100 million websites out there yes. that will tell you what you're supposed to do right to fill in the blank rose quartz clear quartz <laughs> right and some of that is good and some of it has had a challenging effect on the art yeah. um, it's because it becomes too mental um, really we need to be attuning ourselves to each and every stone and finding out how they want to work with that person um, I'm really discouraging the sort of um, profiling, I call it typecasting, <laughs> is what's happening with stones now. I see people walk in the shop and say, I need a stone for money. I need a stone for love. I mean, that's, that's not how it works. <laughs> However, there are general things we could apply. The color rays, for example, the pink, of course, mm -hmm. being good for the heart. It matches up with the chakra system as far as how the seven rays come into our planet. There's a general way you can work with just colors uh, on, the, on the chakras that is pretty safe framework. To um, start from, yeah. Yes, to start from, yeah. And then from there, I really encourage everyone to trust this wisdom that you're referring to. We all have um, DNA and cellular memory, mm -hmm. and we can reprogram our DNA. You had a guest on about that. Absolutely. That's all part of it. And then we can reawaken gifts that we've come in with. I love that. Me too. <laughs> I, I've always worked from the first principle that my, my guidance counsel is not going to steer me wrong. And the first thing I need to do is trust them. Uh -huh. And the second thing after that is I can take in information from other sources and have that intellectual framework there because my into my in. Intuition is going to play off of that, right? <laughs> right. As opposed to allowing the mind to try to, to lead that process. That Indeed. And that's a big, uh, big thing on the planet now. The mind has taken over. The mental has taken over. And we see where that's brought us. It's not working. Yeah. So it's a time to return to the heart and the intuition and the spiritual guidance that we all have. And speaking of that, I... I asked you for some questions before this interview, and one of them is how can we avoid giving away our power to a stone or anything or anyone else? And I'd love to explore that because that's been a theme in my life recently, claiming power. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So well, what's your take on that? How can we avoid doing it? Um, I think it starts with what you've been saying, which is for, every, for people to really tune in to who are we. You know, we, we all come from one source. So we really are all one. And then we're these beautiful divine expressions of that, very individual expressions, which of course is a huge variety. And the voice is within, that small, still voice that 
one of our favorite masters talked about. And all the great spiritual teachers really are saying the same thing, just in a different language for that culture. Um, that, that the voice of whatever you want to call our source, our essence, the creator, the, whatever word you want to put on that, is available to each of us in the deepest level of our heart, our intuition, our being. And it's all about listening and then trusting. And that takes time, I think, to retrain ourselves. Well, and it's about getting still within ourselves. And that's yes. one thing that society right now doesn't, uh, doesn't really encourage. Indeed. You know, Indeed. We've got 24-hour shopping. We've got the whole yes. world's information at our fingertips and, and electric lights so we can stay up all hours of the day or night. <laughs> yes, and too many choices and like uh, being encouraged that actually achievement is about doing. And achievement is really about being. Mm-hmm. We're, you're, we're human beings, and this doing thing has taken us to the brink, and now we need to back up and turn the ship around, in my opinion, and well, get back to being. Exactly. <laughs> doing is all well and good if your being is lined up right first. Indeed. <laughs> and the this whole, don't just sit there, go do something. Yes. yes. We need the balance, definitely. Exactly. There needs a little bit more consistency. But I want to say careful consideration before yes, we and the only way we can know what really to do that doesn't cause harm or is of true value is to tap into our being where that guidance is. And often it will say, do nothing but breathe and hold love for all beings right now. And then, and then we're, we're guided as how to best step forward instead of the mind cracking the whip. Exactly. Hold that thought. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go off to a really quick commercial break here. If you would like to continue this conversation with me over on Facebook, you can reach me at Sophia Renea. That's Z-O-F-I-A-R-E-N-N-E-A. Send me a little friend request or go out on the Transformation Space page on Facebook and post a message or a comment. And that is, in fact, where our behind-the-scenes peak is happening right now. The other way you can get more Zofia and more discussion is you can go to ZofiaSecondSaturdays.com and see what is coming up here the second Saturday in July and become involved in that. And this month we are actually doing soul contracts. So we're going to take a quick peek into what you came here to experience, the talents and skills that you brought with you, and your overall life goals. So that's going to be second Saturdays here in July, and we'll catch you back after the break. So stay tuned. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Have you realized your dream? Many have not. They know what they don't want, but fail to work on the things that they do want. Tune into Live the Dream with host Karin Dillon and co-hosts Marissa Marseille and Tom Pearson. Each week, they will help you find the tools you need to live your dream. You'll learn how to create a personal definition of success and what you need to make it a reality. Hear the stories of those who have successfully used their process and as a result are living their dream. Listen live Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Influencers. 
It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time at 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune into Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get amplified. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. All right. Thank you for hanging in through the break. We're glad to be back here with Mara Stevens. We were discussing uh, how we avoid giving our power away, whether it's to a stone or a person or a guru or, or just society in general. Um, and it, her insight on that was listen to that still quiet voice inside of yourself. And I know some people have trouble telling what is their kind of inner ego voice and what is their inner guidance. So how does that show up for you? How do you tell the, the ego from the inner guidance? Wow, that's such a great question, Sophia. Um, I think, well, I've experienced that it's always loving, for one thing. It's about love. Love is the source and the most powerful in the universe. So uh, the, the small still voice or the inner voice is, is it can be, it can be a little bit fierce or tough sometimes like come across more with a boom, but it's always loving and it's always encouraging. And there's a gentleness. Whereas the mind ego usually has threads of fear. It's driven by fear. Um, uh Oh, uh Oh, or it's, that's what my mind is usually. Uh Oh, and <laughs> or it'll be about the past or the future. Um, it'll be about time, and we come from the timeless. So yes. there's a real feeling in the body, which is another thing I think that's been discouraged out of us through the centuries, is a, a divorcing, a separation from the body so that we could be controlled by the mind. And if we drop down into our body wisdom, you know, we get these these feelings that it's right, um, that it feels good, and it might not be logical at all. It frequently is not. But when you I call I call it running at walls. It's like you see that just what? run that direction. But it looks like a brick wall. Just run that direction. Okay, I'm running. <laughs> and sure enough, it's not a brick wall when I get exactly. there. Exactly. Well said. So yeah, it it's it's definitely um 
an encouraging, loving feel, and the feelings of the body, I call it body wisdom, tell us. And, and we're learning more and more now, and science is proving through quantum physics that we are frequency, that it, it, there's energy frequencies coming off everything and that we are all one with that. So it's, I think it's getting easier as, as humans reawaken to their divine being that um, you can really feel just by vibrations from whoever is trying to sell you something or con control to take a moment and also just to take a moment and step back and breathe and listen instead of making a snap decision. The inner voice never puts us under pressure. Mm -hmm. It's never involving time. It's always about you can't miss your opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other thing I've noticed. You can't miss your opportunity. The ego is wrong about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll come back around if it's meant to be. Absolutely. So it's the same with stones. I think there's a quality of allowing and retrusting the mystery. Mm -hmm. That's also been discouraged through the years. Well, well, what do you mean? Is it good or bad? Is it right or wrong? And it's it's neither. It's it's all. It's both. It's a both and. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, it's neutral. Much much of this yes. is neutral. It's it's just a tool. It's what you choose to do with it. And we might not be able to explain it with logic how it's working, and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. It's really safe to just oh well, it's but it's working. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Celebrate that, shall we? Exactly how it works. Yeah, the, the mystery is definitely a big part of, I think, trust, learning to trust. So some of the way, what are some of the ways you enjoy working with the stones? I know I've worked with stones myself. They've called to me quite a bit as I've gone through my journey. Um, but I, I tend to be called to wear them. Yes, that's <laughs> much wonderful. more than like crystal grids and this kind of thing. I, I like a really intimate relationship with my rocks. <laughs> yes, I agree 100%. I think it's maybe the most practical way. Um, and being women, and maybe some men too, I'm, I'm meeting more and more men that love wearing jewelry. So as my mother said, there's no such thing as too much jewelry. So I, mean, <laughs> I, I love mom already. With us. Um, wearing them is a wonderful way. To, to get them within the human um, auric field or the electromagnetic field around the body, um, wearing them. And if you're working on, for example, ex uh, expressing with the throat chakra or feeling more empowered or confident, like for people that have paranoia about speaking, aquamarine, which is an expensive stone, and there are others, if you can wear it near the throat or even in, anywhere on the body will help. Um, if you're working with heart issues and having some rose quartz, maybe a mala or a necklace of rose quartz or a venturine. If you are, uh, you know, overexcitable or hyped up or have a lot of stress and tension and anxiety, amethyst, lapidolite, those are two of my favorite stones. Yes. Uh, I, I bought a lapidolite angel for a friend of mine. Oh, wonderful. Because she was having a lot of upset and emotional yes. disruption yes. at that time. Uh, appropriately so. She was grieving, but it's like you're, you're yes. this little yeah, bit supportive. But I think most people are familiar with what amethyst looks like. It's the purple. Mm -hmm. um, and it's great for meditation because it can connect you to the crown chakra. When I see children upset in a supermarket, I will often just gently surround them with that amethyst light, and it just helps calm and realign them to source. Um, it's a wonderful 
way to get that calming ray and that meditative connection in the body, into the body, into the auric field. Lipidolite might be less familiar to people. And it is a lavender colored with a lot of sparkle in it. That's from the mica that's inside of it. Um, this lipidolite is often found in the same areas as tourmaline, pink tourmaline. So mm. sometimes you'll see tourmaline, if you're lucky, inside of the lipidolite. <laughs> and I've seen lipidolite take people from 100 level anxiety down to zero in a very short time by wearing it or making a gemstone elixir from it, laying it on the body. Well, let's talk a minute about gemstone elixirs. I know some things are are better directly exposed to water than others, and some things should not Indeed. be directly exposed to water. <laughs> this is true. I've learned that the hard way. I have a list of my non-water stones here. Non-water stones. Um, okay, yeah, these so are the don't stones put that, these in the water. <laughs> you know what's really interesting is a lot of them end in ite. It's I don't not all of it, but a lot of them have ite for their mm -hmm. last prefix. One of them is selenite, which is I'm holding here. Yes, yes. Selenite looks like an ice cube, you know, and it, it does, and it has that kind of long. It has almost like long striations in it, in yes. a way. Very yeah. crown chakra, very truth bringing. It emanates a healing energy. It's great to have in a healing room for just keeping the energy clean. Ooh, look at that one. A yeah, I've got a little spiral. He's beautiful. Yes, looks like smoke coming out of Aladdin's lamp. Um, selenite's one of my favorites. It's great for meditation, for knowing truth, for bringing a healing energy into a room. It cannot go in water. does not ever need to be cleansed. It just kind of cleanses itself. Mm -hmm. um, it'll melt down. Now, I have some selenites up on an altar that I have up on the, the big mountain here. And basically, it just kind of generally melts away eventually, but it, <clears throat> but it's doing its work up there. Uh, halite, even lapis, lapis lazuli, it just kind of dulls it. They're, they're too soft. They're, they're soft. Yeah. So eventually, their bright blue color will Starts fade. to go, yeah. Malachite, definitely not. Um, Charwhite is a little bothered by water turquoise again too soft what what color is char white char white is a purple with white swirls through it it's the sister of sujolite sujolite's a little more well known that deep deep royal purple nice. uh, being birthed by fire from africa its sister is char white being birthed by ice from ukraine usually russia and ukraine nice and then there's certain stones that are light sensitive uh, amethyst, oh, rose quartz. Yes. Amethyst, you don't want to put out in they the just sun. fade. Yeah, the color yeah. fades after a while. Yeah. So you can tune into them. Celestite, that's that crumbly blue, looks like the clouds, cannot go in water. Anything that's kind of already crumbly obviously shouldn't go in water. Uh, I use salt water for cleansing after a crystal healing most of my stones. Yeah. But I've Turquoise, noticed. Can that one go in water or not? I'm noticing, I'm, I'm kind of surprised to discover that it just doesn't. Uh, hold up well after several baths. You can rinse it. Sometimes I'll put them in a strainer and then just rinse them under tap water a little bit um, and then charge them up a bit. But the, you want to avoid the salt. Exactly. Salt so how do, how do you cleanse the ones that can't go in salt water, for example? I, I smudge them with sage. Some mm -hmm. people swear by this freezer method, putting stones in a freezer. I, I've never had that experience that it, that works as a as a healing, as a clearing method? It, it seems kind of counterintuitive to me because most things yeah. that 
that cleanse it, there's some kind of a, an energy transfer into the water or like yes. if you put them in the sun, for example, it raises the vibration and mm-hmm. the stuff comes out of it. I, freezing seems like the wrong direction. <laughs> That's what I've always felt. And <clears throat> some people swear by sound that they use like their sound bowls. Mm-hmm. Now, what I have done is I've, um, I have this beautiful healing room in, in San Luis and I would, you know, smudge the ones that couldn't go in water. And then with some sage or just move them through a little bit of smoke and then put them on a basket and I'd play really beautiful music for them and all the birds would come around. So I, I know that sound does affect them um, and make them happy uh, because they're beings, live beings. But my favorite way is just a little bit of sage and then like you say, maybe a little charge in sunlight. And if you feel like the sunlight's too intense, the moonlight is lovely as well. It's a lovely, a lovely way to just bring them some light. Exactly. So who should we not put in the sun? We mentioned amethyst. Amethyst is probably number one. It just eventually loses its purple. Yeah. And uh, the same with the celestite. The celestite will go from that lovely pale blue, like you've got in your sparkly curtain there, mm-hmm. to white. Rose quartz even will fade and lose a lot of its pink. And again, the turquoise is yeah. kind of light sensitive. And you might even discover others. Um, they're still discovering stones. And even though I've been doing this work 35 years, I've recently, because I work in a store two days a week, been introduced to newly discovered, really helpful beings like Shungite, for example. That's oh, going to be a big one co- coming up in the years to come. And, and I just got... What do you got, like Shungite for? Shungite is really interesting. I'm still learning about it. Um, the folks who did the research on it won a Nobel Prize. It is definitely a purifier and protector against the electromagnetic frequencies that we're going to be bombarded with, unfortunately, in these years to come until we, until we can put a stop to it. I'm on board with that. The uh, cell phone towers, these now these insane 5 and 6G uh, things that they're putting in space and trying to get on all the phone poles even computers, uh, all of that. People, there's a, I think there's a website where you can, you can Google it, but there's a Shungite shield that you can put on your phone. Oh, wow. And they literally, uh, re, they take the energy of the EMFs and they reverse the spin. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. And you can put a, uh, a piece of it in drinking water. Like, like noise-canceling headphones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And it and it will purify. I've even worked with it, drinking water with it, or just having it on my body for purifying, like even psychological and emotional buildup or pollution. You know, where you just got all that dark stuff you're processing. Yeah, yeah. You've been shopping at Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or even your own baggage coming up. You know. Well, there is that. I think will happen a lot in July after the solar eclipse. This is a time of emotional cleansing, cleansing of ancestral. Um, programming, even stuff that like you brought up that we were raised with, um, the church stuff, you know, all the programming based on fear and guilt and shame and all that stuff. This is the time to really um, purge, purge that out. And July is a perfect setup with all the Cancerian and the eclipse and the, the new moon and the full moon uh, for being vulnerable enough to release that. So Shungite really helps clear, cleanse. When I wear a piece of it, sometimes I'll just get guidance like wear this to work today i have a a pendant 
Mm-hmm. And I noticed that it's not like black tourmaline. Black tourmaline will actually deflect negative energy. Yeah. Wonderful stone to wear for that and to put out in nature if you think bad stuff's gone on there. Shungite seems to work in, in a different way than deflecting. It's more like a transformer. Ooh, we like transformers. Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't, se- I haven't experimented yet to see if that one can go in the sun or water or whatever yet. And, and what color does shungite come in? It's black. It's a black with sort of a silvery, well, the raw pieces that are just chunks are very silvery black, like jagged. Hmm. And the tumbled pieces are kind of a uh, sh- slightly silvery sheen black, a little more dull looking than the, than the tourmaline. Very lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what else are we talking about? The light. Oh, there's a new court, a new stone called uh, pistachio opal. Really? Not. Let me grab my piece here. No, I have it's not. It's a bright green. It's literally pistachio color. It looks like a pistachio. You're not That's kidding. It. <laughs> and it's uh, they call it opal. I don't think it's really an opal. It's uh, a quartz family, mm-hmm. and it's it's very calming. And it's supposedly this is what's been written uh, dispels fear. And you know, so I haven't seen if this can handle sunlight or salt water yet. Well, I actually gave it a salt bath, and it did fine. Okay, well, that's good so, to know. Kind of Sometimes you don't know after the first one, though. <laughs> Another one is kyanite. You're familiar with kyanite? Oh, yes. Kyanite, that blade, and it's blue, and they're, now they're cutting it, Jim, into beautiful jewelry. Um, there's yours. Yes. <laughs> and you can just tell not to put that in salt water because it's kind of crumbly. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it really loves the sun that much either. It just needs a little smudge, and it's good to go. And it, it comes with all kinds of interesting things uh, mixed in amongst it. We're about to go off to another break here. Okay. So we will continue this fascinating conversation after the break. Wonderful. If you are interested in submitting a question, make sure you give us a call at 866-472-5795. That's toll-free in the U.S. If you have a question about stones and their care and feeding, you can also catch up with me on Facebook at Zofia Renea, the Z-O-F-I-A-R-E-N-N-E-A, and ask your question there. So hang with us, and we'll be right back after the break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. There's a new force to be reckoned with in talk radio. It's not just talk radio. Hosted by LaTanya Jr. and co-host Tina Wynn and Tony Brown. Not Just Talk Radio is like a superhero. Inspiring, problem-solving, and informing. Packed with action-provoking conversations from news, movements, and social and politics issues. This program is about a wide range of voices and fresh points of view from experts, celebrities, and you, the listener. Not Just Talk Radio is broadcast live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in every week to the Voice America Influencers Channel for The Movement with Shannon D. Hughes. It's all about what's happened in the past that determines the future. Everyone has their up moments and their down moments. The pendulum is always swinging between the victories and the pitfalls in our lives. But each of these serves as success points that we learn from and move forward. Listen for The Movement every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Sustainable success 
is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thank you so much for hanging in through the break. We are back. We're here talking with Mara Stevens about crystals and crystal healing and ways to use crystals in our lives. So Mara, why don't we kind of pick up where we left off? We've, we've got our Jimmy friends. We've done a little Google search to know whether they like water or don't like water. <laughs> we've kind of cleaned them and set a little bit maybe of an intention. Now what do we do? Oh, okay. Yes. Well, there's so many things to do. Uh, I want to throw in real quick, the azurite is another one that can't go in water. That's that deep blue one. It's Mm. great for the third eye. So again, that ends with it kind of goes along with that. Um, Let's talk about quartz for a minute. May the quartz be with us. (laughs) (laughs) And also with you. (laughs) So as most people might may know, um, there are huge veins of, of quartz crystal running through our earth that are holding the frequency for the earth that are helping. And I just want to touch brief, briefly on, uh, you know, it might be a bit controversial as far as how much of this should we be taken, taking from the earth. And it's kind of a subject that's come up and I think it's important to, to be, be in balance and again, tune in and ask permission this is probably something that's not a part of our current mining. Yeah, I think thoughts. most miners don't ask for permission right. nowadays. <laughs> and there are some that are consciously mined, and there's a lot of talk online about this now. And I think that this warrants more discussion, that we should sit down and have a conversation about this in, instead of throwing the baby out with the bathwater, freaking out, going into fear about it and saying, no, it's all bad, I think that it, it does warrant our attention, just like everything on the earth warrants our attention. Right, How attention much is- and intention. Yes, even Palo Santo and Sage, because once something becomes in and popular, especially with celebrities. Everybody wants it. And everybody, yeah, and then there tends to be this like lust. And I don't uh, think that's a good way to go about it. Maybe, maybe it's time to revisit and go, maybe there's enough stones the above ground now that we can work with and how would we regulate that though how would we all get together yeah. and and take and find out how much of it is here and maybe we could maybe it's even worth having a, a temporary moratorium on it and yeah. so i'm very open i'm not really kind of hard to um to track back the provenance if you will of yes rock yes you're looking so, at in the bookstore yeah so as we're talking about this i just want people to know that i'm not uh 
saying that everybody should run out and like just unconsciously get as much as they can. I'm really about honoring the earth and listening, listening again, back to listening, right? Mm -hmm. Listening to what is in her highest and best interest. One way to work with quartz to go back to that since it's in the earth. I, I like going out into nature and there's ways to, to work with quartz crystal and grids. Quartz crystal is mostly silicon dioxide and so are we. So we're cousins to the mineral kingdom on a molecular level. And now with quantum physics, it's proven that when you get down to the atomic level, everything is connected. So quartz crystals, as we've known for a long time, have the ability to receive a program, store it, amplify it, and send it. So that's this is why they're used in computers, watches, radios. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I discovered this recently. I was at an energetic training uh, where we're learning to do surgery on light bodies. Ah, And wonderful. so one of the things that happens is certain uh, constructs are put into your light body so someone else can practice removing them. <laughs> Wow. And for myself, it's, it's pretty hard on my system to go through this process, but I discovered that I could program my energetic state into a chunk of quartz before I underwent this. And then afterwards, I could pull it back out of the chunk of quartz and it's like, oh, hallelujah. Andy. <laughs> well, speaking yes, of, it's yeah. a lifesaver. <laughs> it is. And they are lifesavers. I mean, I, I, be- I, I believe that I trust life. I'm learning to trust life more and more and more. And so if these stones have come forward to be worked with in these times, I believe we're meant to work with them consciously and respectfully. Yes. And we're reaching a point on our earth right now where we need to revisit and reevaluate how much of everything we're taking from her and maybe put back. Yes. And a way to put back is to go out in nature. Uh, sometimes I will put a grid on the ground where I feel there's been trauma and send energy back into Mother Earth through mm-hmm. ceremony and song. Speaking of that, crystals love song and sound. And there's a Cherokee way when you first get a new stone, they would actually sing to this crystal, cleanse it, wrap, put it in a beautiful cloth and feed it cornmeal. Mm. Massage this cornmeal into it, wrap it up and put it on an altar or sacred place. And every day do that same process until they felt that it was ready to come out and work or whatever, you know, discover who it is. Yeah. So in the home, for example, a quartz cluster, you know, just a basic cluster. I've got some, a stone on this healing right now. Yeah. So when it's, you're talking about a cluster, you're not talking about a silver, a single um, point, crystal, yes. but many points. It's a group. Yeah. It's a little group together. And they're wonderful for bringing energy into a home. So like on a coffee table or something, or even on a dining room table. Um, cleanse it first and you could even there you go there's a beautiful example yeah <laughs> if you're on Facebook you get to see the beautiful example <laughs> if you're yeah. listening on the radio just know that it's, it's pretty and clear and beautiful there's <laughs> another one of my favorites it's a little circle of, of oh friends. he is a little he forms a yeah, little circle in the center. that's circle. cool so you can place these around on your windowsills they love sun and coffee table wherever and you could even program them first you could find out what 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 do you like to do best ask it what, what are you for and if the stone says well i like to you know help children for example might be a good one for the kids room but you can in general put them around your home and what they're going to do is they're going to add light they're going to 
bring light into that home. And if you've asked it to please receive a program of love, of harmony, for example, then that stone is going beep, beep, and emanating that program throughout the home. Really simple way of working with them. Um, like you were mentioning earlier, you might not always want to have a quartz right next to your head, or your bed while you're sleeping. <laughs> and, and share why that is. <laughs> well, it can amplify. You know, it might be, some people can be around a lot of quartz. Other people are like, whoa, I can't be around so much quartz. Mm-hmm. So you could either program it to help for relaxation and sleep, or you could simply put an amethyst. Amethyst clusters are a wonderful thing to have near your bed for sleeping. Um, and you could, if you want to bring calm and peace to your home, amethyst could be placed around the home. For example, if there's been um, some disharmony or an argument or something in the home, uh, I like to go through my house and sage it out or ring bells or both, and then place the, the crystals there to restore harmony and bring peace, restore peace to the home. Um, you could place uh, points like for plants, for example, placing points on a plant or putting a cluster with the plant for health and well-being, um, bringing life force to the plant. It's wonderful for that. I've, again, used them in elixirs. Mm-hmm. Gemstones elixirs are easy to make, and they're great for pets, for plants, for kids, for us. And you want to use cleaned stones and place them in a glass of water or a bowl and then let them sit for a while in sunlight maybe if there's not too many sun-sensitive stones. And then you simply drain the, the water off, put the stones aside, and you've got this charged water yes. with this potentized gemstone, and you just drink it. If yeah. you want to enhance it, stick some words on there, and the words, <laughs> the words will exchange with the molecules put peace or calm or whatever into the same vibration. I've I've seen those bottles that they're selling now where you've got like a (laughs) container on the bottom. You can put the gemstones in and seal it and then water on the, on the inside of the bottle. And I think that's actually a really clever idea because (laughs) there are some gemstones you should not create elixirs from with direct contact in the water. This is true. So good for you. This is true. (laughs) This is true. And I wish I would have thought of that idea. You know, a lot of these ideas. And I'm, I'm kind of old school. I think that is going to help that water on mm. some level because of your intention. Yes. However, the stones should be cleansed first. They should be asked if they want to participate in that way. And they're still not really going into the water. So, so your intention, asking permission and, and encouraging an exchange between the water and the gemstones I think is really necessary for that to really work. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, the thing I like about the bottle is it saves people from themselves and not Googling. (laughs) 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 Because like seraphonite is one of these things you should never, ever make a gemstone elixir out of directly because it's got it after it. So maybe it doesn't like water anyway. Well, and it's, it's also got a large component of asbestos in it. Mm -hmm. Right. And you don't want to be drinking asbestos. So I think it's important to do your homework before you create an elixir. And the stone will probably tell you that if you're listening deeply enough. Yes. It'll tell you, I'm not for that. Mm -hmm. They're pretty, they're they're very willing to share their gifts. Um, But again, it requires attunement. Um, The old school thing is that we really shouldn't even be working with quartz until we've done our work 
about self a self attunement. Mm. It, it trains us to be able to listen. Yes. Well, and quartz is an amplifier. It'll amplify kind of anything and so if you haven't done your work <laughs> you're you're going to be amplifying your unhealedness yes yeah, and with jewelry for example people might not think of that they wear let's say a, a gorgeous quartz or a related quartz or whatever all day and maybe they've had some challenges that day with traffic and job and boss or whatever and you know intense people and then they either they, they keep that jewelry. i never wear my jewelry to bed you should always take your jewelry off Mm-hmm. And give it a cleanse and a charge before you wear it again, because it's going to keep re- putting that program back into your aura of the experience of that day. So yeah. it's just like anything else. It needs, it needs a, a break. Well, and it's important uh, to have some energetic hygiene going on. I, something that's not really emphasized a I lot agree. of times in the community, but it is. It's really important after you've trailed through wherever you've been that day whether it's the DMV or a harsh <laughs> eating at work or whatever it is, it is important to kind of rinse all of that off of not just exactly. you, but also your stones that went through that with you. Exactly, exactly. Give them a fresh start. Exactly. And between clients, if you're a healer, for God's sakes. <laughs> I agree 100%. I have had appalling experiences where there's no cleansing between people coming on the same tape to get on the same table for a session. And I'm a big proponent of, of purifying the atmosphere and the environment and starting fresh for each person. Exactly. There's no overlap. A change of sheets on the table is a beautiful uh, thing as well. <laughs> it's <laughs> you know, a must. I may not be in a massage therapist, but still there's energy from that last person and they need to move out. <laughs> as a must. And some people can't handle sage. I love to burn a little sage between. Uh, I, I'm one of those people. Sage is just. I make spritzers. I have spritzers that, that you can use. There's different ways you can energetically purify so that the next person coming in isn't walking into the field of somebody else's released exactly. stuff. Exactly. I love Florida water. <laughs> That's my right? favorite. Florida water? Florida water. What is that? Um, it, it's a liquid that you can use. I dilute it in water to use oh, this between wonderful. clients. And it's, got, it's made with like 30 odd different herbs in it, which is why I don't make my own. I'll have to look into that. But it's this lovely floral experience and it, no one seems to react badly to it. So wonderful. Yeah. That one's good. Yes. There's, there's plenty of ways to, um, you know, out with the old and leave it fresh for the new. Absolutely. So we are getting down to the end of our time here. Um, if anyone wants to get a hold of you, I will put out there that they can email you at sacredwisdomhealing at gmail.com. Yes. Sacredwisdomhealing at gmail.com. I can always be reached at Sophia Renea on Facebook, or you can send an email to asksofia at transformationspace.co. I have the secret handshake to all of the guests. So if you miss somebody's information or if we forget to give it, that's an way you can always track them down. Thank you so much for spending this time with us today, Mara. My pleasure, truly, and my and an honor. Thank you, Sophia. And until next week, go out and live soul first.
Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here 